You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Force Fantasy Football and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us here at the Lakers Fast Break, it is truly appreciated. Plus, also as well, if you can support our friends at Lakerholics.com and also ThriveFantasy.com or Thrive Fantasy on your mobile app where you can go ahead and be part of the action today when it comes to daily fantasy sports betting and player props on the NBA, NFL, right in playoff crunch time, and also as well upcoming Major League Baseball, PGA, and also as well eSports just go ahead on your first deposit, type in the code LFB. It lets them know that you're getting this info from us here at the Lakers Fast Break. Plus, when you make your first deposit and put in the code LFB, you can go ahead and get a matching from Thrive Fantasy, dollar for dollar, up to $50, as long as you put in $20 or more on your first deposit from our friends at Thrive Fantasy. This is a game... I've been waiting for all season long when the Lakers just run out to an early lead and it's just in no question at all for the rest of the game. Basically, everybody on both sides of the equation when it comes to the Rockets or the Lakers decided to just go ahead and say, you won, Lakers, you won, because there was no comebacks in store for the Rockets this time around. And it was just an easy game from beginning to end. It was just really quite something to see, quite enjoyable, and the Lakers did win 117-100. to 100. Smooth game for LeBron James. Anthony Davis with five block shots. Didn't score too much, only 19, but didn't have to. It was a great team effort. Again, on the defensive end, I was really impressed where they're starting to ratchet it up little by little as performances like these that are starting to make me a little bit more satisfied about where they're at. And here today to talk about what's going on with today's game are two great guests indeed. They're from Lakerholics.com. Be part of conversation today at Lakerholics.com or Lakerholics, the nice brand new shiny group right there on Facebook. I'm going to go ahead and hit up the magic man himself, Mr. Sean Grice. And Sean, if you're not too busy trying to save people out of the ice up there in the great white north, did you get a chance to see the game today? Because I think you did, and I think you liked what you saw. I very much did, Gerald. I was in my nice, 
cozy living room with the heat on. I wasn't freezing like the night before. And I was enjoying another Lakers victory. Uh, it was a oh, great win. Like you said, Gerald, from, from beginning to end, it, it seemed like that I... Oh, oh, oh it's the, for whom the bell tolls once again. Going to have to get back to you in a second on that, my friend. But I am liking that you liked what you saw. But here also today is a good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. And you know he's always got something to say. So sit back, listen up. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, Magic Man, was enjoying what he liked on today. I know you did as well. Well, you know, when, when Anthony Davis declares to the team that they're playing lousy defense and he says, I'm, I'm, we're, we've got to play better defense, and you see a couple of games like the last two games in a row where not only did – egged the team on to play the kind of defense they're capable of, but he led the way personally. He walked the talk and uh, five blocks, and uh, it was it was just a masterful performance by the Lakers. LeBron does not look like a 36-year-old superstar. I mean, He is like, the early leader God. in the clubhouse for MVP. Let's just he go ahead the and put it in, in, And uh, it's funny, earlier in the season, or before the season started, people were saying there's no way LeBron would even be in the conversation this year. And now he's taking the early lead of it, and uh, he is just playing sensational. His outside shot, that turn-your-back corner three that he bet Dennis Dennis Schroeder that he would make, and Dennis says, you're not going to make that. And then LeBron comes back and says, you either shake hands on a bet like that or you look the guy in the eye. And he says, I look Dennis right in the eye. Um, and that was just sensational, watching that shot go in. The passing, the hustle by everybody, we had – Three guys with 14 points, six guys in double digits. We held them under 40% from the field shooting. We held them to 30% from three. It was a, it was just a masterful performance. And if this team continues to play like this, we're going to have a lot of nights and a whole new definition of what load management means in the NBA. Because LeBron and AD are not going to be playing in the fourth quarter much. Well, they do have to look forward to a back-to-back because tomorrow night they will be in Oklahoma City, which on the surface, on paper, looks to be an easy game. But it is a back-to-back, and you never know how you're going to keep that intensity. So we're going to have to see how they do back-to-back. But, Sean, you're back now after the bells have told. What are you (laughs) going to go ahead and tell us now in regards to the game, uh, in regards to what we saw today with the Lakers and Rockets? Yeah, Gerald, if I'm not mistaken, I I checked the box score. I believe AD only had eight field goal attempts. I think that was by design tonight. I think tomorrow night he's going to get fed a lot because OKC is is coming off a back-to-back themselves against San Antonio. And they really had their hands full tonight with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge down there. So I expect a heavy dose of AD tomorrow. I think it was by design that. Uh, well, they're going to be playing out on the on the back on the back end because they'll be playing against Al Horford shooting some threes. You got Shea Gilgis Alexander that's out there driving in the lane. I'm really impressed with him. He has carried yep. Oklahoma City like we spoke about last week, and uh, I'm really you know just this team is over again overachieving it second year in a row. 
They have literally all young players on the roster outside of two players, George Hill and Al Horford, and they're doing a tremendous job right now. So hats off to Oklahoma City. But again, this is the type of game that you want to go in in a back-to-back and just keep the focus, and you should be just fine. Absolutely. Um, Jalen Horton Tucker didn't have the kind of game he had last time against Houston. But again, you know, as, as uh, I was emailing you guys and you guys let me know, yeah, AD is supposed to outplay Christian Wood. Well, I expected Houston to also make some adjustments on him. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, NBA TV said that was the fourth dunk that THD has missed this year. Um, that comes with growth and development as well, learning how to finish, how to go strong, when to go strong. And, you know, he, he's picking it up as he goes. And like you said, Gerald, we see mixed results with giving him, you know, about roughly about 15 to 20 minutes. And I, but I still like what I see out of him. There's a, still a lot of enthusiasm. Even when he makes mistakes, he's willing to go on to the next possession. And that's the right mindset, especially when you're playing with the Brown AD. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to seeing more out of THD. As Tom and I said, when we were, he was the earliest on the, the train, and I actually jumped on the train a, a little bit sooner than I even thought. But, you know, it is going to be ups and downs with the kid. Simple as that. I mean, you're talking about someone who is 20, who's playing the first meaningful NBA minutes of his life. Let's not even count last year, unless you could talk that one game with James Harden in the middle of the second round against the Houston Rockets, like last year. But that's just one game. This is the first meaningful, I'm on a rotation, I'm not just coming out at the end of a game type deal. So you are going to get the good and the bad when it comes to THD. And I'm just hoping that at some point in time, as he grows this season, that by the end of 50, by the end of game 60, and heading into the playoffs, he can be someone that you can rely on because he'll have the, a lot of those kinks that have gotten you know rid of at that point in time. So, Tom, are you surmising the same thing? Yeah, I think so, Gerald. I mean, it, it was an off game. His shot was off. Um, he actually missed a free throw, um, two free throws. So, yes. uh, And he's been shooting over 90% from free throws through preseason and through the season. What's really interesting about THT, and, and there's been a lot of articles written about the fact that he's a, sort of a Gilbert, Gilbert Arenas guy because he's got a two-year deal, and so he's going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year. The most the Lakers can offer him in a contract is, is, is essentially the equivalent of the mid-level exception, which is around $10 million. But because he's a, a, an Arenas candidate, he, he teams can actually offer him a five-year deal where the first two years are around nine million each, and the following two years can be up, up to his max, which for him is twenty-five percent of the cap, or around around twenty-seven million. So they could have a contract that's nine, nine, twenty-seven, twenty-seven, and nine, and that works out to be like eighteen million dollars a year. And there's a lot of talk that the Knicks and uh, the Hornets and a couple of other teams like that are really looking at giving him that kind of offer, hoping that those two max years in the middle of that contract will deter the Lakers from signing him, uh, you know, from matching that offer because they have the rights as a restricted free agent to match it. So it's going to be interesting because Kalen is sort of on a, on a schedule that he needs to really continue to grow, continue to prove that he has the potential that we've seen him, continue to prove he can shoot the ball, 
Um, and his free throw shooting still has been outstanding. He's at top of the team from a free throw shooting standpoint. Was I don't know if now you'd have to check. Well, he, but he's he's shot ninety with seventeen oh, out I of know, nineteen. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying now They're technically two, two because four, he two. he's still nineteen out of twenty three. That's still high eighties. Yeah, that's um, still got so good. But he's going to have to. He's going to. You're right, Gerald. He's going to have to continue to do this all year because next year he could be the third highest paid Laker. And the potential that the kid has, I've always said that the thing that the Lakers really needed in a third superstar, and I'm not saying that Talon is going to be that third superstar for sure because he's sure got a long way to go to get there, but they need a guard. You basically need a guard to replace LeBron James because every every superstar team has had a player who was a guard, a guy who's handling the ball all the time. LeBron is the one exception because he's a forward who comes down and plays point guard on offense. So Talon is Talon has got some pressure if he wants to stay a Laker to be able to show that he's going to be worthy of matching what could be a huge contract. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if the kid can live up to those things. LeBron has been, you know, I mean, from the very first time LeBron saw him in high school and recommended him to Rich Paul said you got to sign this kid and and then obviously rich paul recommended him to the lakers and uh, and they signed him they actually spent three and a half million dollars to get a pick to, in order to get him in the second round so the kids uh the kids a real wild card for the lakers and he could he could turn out to be something really special you worry a little bit because it's an awful big load for a kid who just turned 20. I mean, he's got almost a full year to go before he's 21 years old and can go out and get a drink. Yeah. So it's, it'll be a challenge, and uh, I'm looking forward to a lot, of, a lot of great improvement. I like the job Frank has done and the team has done. Um, LeBron says the kid is a sponge. You tell him something, uh, and he remembers it, and he actually goes out and, and implements it right away. So he's the perfect young candidate for the Lakers, and, and the Lakers are really fortunate to – to not only have a very deep team, but an 11th guy who's a 20-year-old kid who's trying to force his way into the rotation. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Again, there's going to be bumps in the road. But you want him to take place early in his career and not at the back end, simply because of the fact that there's just so much time now that you can go ahead and develop him, especially with the Lakers leading the NBA with the NBA overall best record right now at nine and three heading into Oklahoma City tomorrow night. So, Magic Man, I want to ask you this. 
when it comes to it, I know there's some concern now going on in the NBA, and you brought it up in the emails that you send us back and forth in regards to something you wanted to talk about tonight, and that was the COVID crisis, something that you obviously have heard about. Today, the NBA, or earlier today, the NBA instituted even more stringent health protocols in regards to what the players can and cannot do, which was something I think that was long overdue and coming when you started seeing these cancellation of games. Not only has there been, what, three now, there's two more scheduled that are canceled tomorrow night, and we could be seeing more Boston and also other teams, Boston, Washington, I think some other teams, Dallas is also in question. Those are the major teams right now that have been hit really hard by it. But going forward, this is going to become a bigger and bigger problem. And you've got to play now maybe a little bit more concerted effort to play a little bit harder, simply because of the fact that not only to keep your record strong, but the fact is when it gets derailed possibly by COVID, because with most of these teams, it's not a question of it, if it's a question of when, you've got to make sure that you have your record not only up there, but also that you're playing at a good enough level that you can afford maybe taking a couple games off as far as having your priority players there simply because of what's going on with the COVID crisis right now. You just got to plan for it. Absolutely, Gerald. It's, it's necessary right now, unfortunately. Um, in a matter of a week, Philly, Dallas, Washington, Boston have all had to deal with COVID issues. It's, it's absolutely insane. And the, it's it's not the actual positive test that would keep me up as a GM or a president of Bebo Ops. It would be this contact tracing. I mean, is it is absolutely a pain in the you know what for these guys. I mean, Washington had to leave their players in a hotel, I believe, and they. They were quarantined for, I think they said, five days until. They you remember the issue la- last week with the with the Clippers coaches, and they had to be literally put on a van and drive them back from Salt Lake City to Los Angeles while the team went to another destination. Absolutely, and 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 they're they're really talking about a a singular super spreader event that a number of players had uh, before. Um, I, I guess it was at a dinner a few weeks ago that they're saying now is is has become a precipice for um, these events. Uh, it's really devastating to teams like Dallas who are heading in the right direction, and now they can't even find eight healthy players to uh, play a game. You have Boston, and and the the ridiculousness of the contact tracing, Gerald is something that needs to be discussed as well. Um, uh, Well, let me ask you this. Well, hold on. Let me ask you this. When it comes to contract tracing and all that, would you like to err, have them err on the side of caution or would you like to have them err on the side of not so caution? So, I mean, you could say contact, let's, let's say we're all in the same room right now recording this podcast and you get sick. And would you like the contract tracing with Laker Tom and I to be stringent and have us quarantined for seven to 10 days? Or would you like to have us quarantined for maybe half an hour and then we're out the door? Oh, no, absolutely. You're <laughs> we're right, 100%. As a health professional, I agree. It's yeah, I mean, I'm just, I, I, what, makes you, what makes it easier yeah. for you and what makes it more sensible yeah. out there? 
I would definitely, yeah, I mean, yeah. people are getting upset at the, what the contract tracing and who's involved and, you know, how are they determining who is contract trace and who is, who is, you know, going to have to sit out and who's not. I, I get that, that it's all confusing and whatnot, but you know, when the, when the NBA is trying to do fly, all these sports leagues are, and none of them are even close to being perfect in doing so. Again, if none of them are going into a bubble, this is going to be an on-the-fly basis, and we have to be patient with it. And thank you for the thumbs up, by the way. But I want to just say this. It's just something that you have to deal with. And if you either deal with it in this way and you deal with the side of caution, or you don't. But if you don't, you're putting a lot more players at risk. Tom? I think there's another, there's another element to the whole thing, which is that it's part of how you win a championship. It's how you handle yourself as a team. What the league did at the start is the players wanted freedom. So the league agreed pretty much to allow the players to have some freedom and said, we'll, we'll come back and address this if there's a problem. Well, it turned out there is a problem. And the problem is canceling games. Because canceling games ultimately leads to one solution, canceling the season. And that's what nobody in the NBA, the players or the owners want to do. So this was a move that was done in joint effort by the Players Association and the owners. It was approved by the Players Association, and it basically is designed to try to create for the players the same type of bubble that all three of us are trying to do with our own families. You know, I mean, in my particular case, I don't even go and visit my grandkids who live next door. I see them through a sliding glass door. I talk to them in, in, in uh, FaceTime videos. But we don't mix, you know. Um, once in a while, we'll go to the beach 10 feet apart and everybody in separate cars and so forth. So the NBA now is setting all of these same rules, you know. No hugging when you come out to half court with the other team. No, you know, nothing but fist bumps and elbow bumps now. There's no parties. There's no well, going out to dinner. Of good because you, I think, well, hold on. I'm just going to say this. I don't think that's going to do a whole lot of good or not so good because, again, Right after they tip off, guess what they do? The first time the ball goes up and they're fighting for a rebound, they're getting close together. So That's true. I don't know That's how much true. good or not good. By the same token, by the same token, it's it's a it's an odds game, you know. Yeah. The fewer times that you expose yourself, you know, you go to the grocery a hundred times versus going to the grocery store two hundred times. I went to the grocery store today. I mean, I was extremely careful. I had a mask on. I'm staying away from everybody. Somebody coming down the aisle, I turn around and go down the aisle the other way. Uh, I'm not going to pass anybody like that. And and the NBA, basically, what this is going to come down to, we've heard several general managers say the team that wins the championship this year could well be the team that is smart enough and disciplined enough so that its players stay in their bubbles and they don't go out and take a risk. And frankly, I think that's a team, that's something that's going to benefit a team like the Lakers. Because just like we had the situation with the Clippers last year, where Lou Will went to the strip club and when he was supposed to be visiting his grandmother. And the comment was made by several people, by myself and, and, and followed by Raphael, that you wouldn't see that happen on a LeBron James team with the kind of leadership that the Lakers have. And so I'm sure that LeBron and AD and the coaches and the Lakers have made sure that the players all – follow the rules and they're going to tighten up on all of the rules as they go forward because what's at risk is the NBA championship. 
You don't want to be the team that goes into the, let's say, down the stretch run and all of a sudden has a big contract tracing issue and two or three players like LeBron and AD getting COVID. That could cost a championship right there. So it, it comes down to being smart and who's really serious about winning. It's the same thing as going out and, and having a part in partying the night before a big competitive game or not following through and keeping your body in the best shape it's possible, of not being serious in every single game, of like you keep saying, G- uh, Gerald, not focusing in every single game. Yeah. So it comes down to discipline and leadership to be able to get through this whole COVID situation. I agree with you, Tom. And there you go. Preaching to the choir, preaching to the choir on that one. And, you know, magic man, I mean, you see people each and every day, you put your life at risk every, every single day, whether it's saving people through the ice or saving people, you know, in their houses and you have to risk your health every single time out. You don't know who's exposed, you know, who doesn't. I mean, I, I was basically summoned and told under no circumstances, I could live another day with the kind of hair that I had. So I had to go ahead and, and, go out to go ahead and done it's the first haircut i had in a year uh outside because uh, i guess the one that here at home i guess kind of failed miserably so i put my well thank you i put but i put my life in risk i know that i didn't want to go i i didn't want to go i double mask like you did tom i double mask every time i go out yeah, my and wife i don't know if my i did hair it. for the last six months yeah so i, I mean for me right now i have got a hat on as i say with every time i go out and i have a potential spot where i'm gonna you know i feel like i'm gonna get infected i'll just say i'll know in two weeks i'll know in two weeks uh, and and i'm hoping and keeping my fingers crossed it doesn't happen i mean these guys are out there these nba players going from town to town city to city they got to realize and they got to be out there i don't care if they think that they're not going to get infected we are finding out right now that several players have been affected for the second time and Scary. that's something that they didn't think that they could do. And we have, we have two two regular bloggers on Lakerholics.com who have come down with COVID. One has a very severe case of it, and he's an older gentleman. Um, and another is a young guy who whose wife is a frontline uh, health worker like Sean, and uh, he's got a mild case, thank God. But you know, it's it, I, my nephew's got it. Um, I, people in need to. I just closed a business deal today on Zoom because I refused to go to LA to this to to a conference. Everybody else said they were going to go, and I said I'm not going to go. And we ended up doing it by Zoom. And in the meantime, both of those other parties had people in their organizations test positive. Well, that's, that's scary, man. And that's why I think it's really important. And I and I I hope this is happening that the players get reeducated by either the union reps or the docs involved. And they understand that just because you have antibodies right now does not mean those antibodies will still be there in six months if you haven't been vaccinated and you could still potentially be exposed for a second time. I just really hope that is reemphasized to the players. I hear you. And um, we're just, our thoughts are with the Lakerholics writers, fans, uh, Lakerholics followers that are ailing with the coronavirus right now and everybody else out there that have tested positive and are dealing with the coronavirus either now or are dealing with the after effects. Our thoughts and prayers are with you from all of us here at Lakerholics.com and the Lakers Fast Break. 
But before we head on out, guys, I know Magic Man wanted to touch on one more thing relating to the coronavirus, and that is Kyrie Irving. The Well, I'm not going to say it's an unusual case of Kyrie Irving because this is Kyrie Irving that we're talking about, and unusual seems to be the norm for Kyrie Irving, who has been on a personal leave absence now for four or five days now, close to a week. And he is now going to be looked at by the league, investigated by the league, because there's now a viral video, video of him maskless at a big birthday party, which you don't want to do as an NBA player right now. So they're going to be looking at that. But him going on a personal leave at this point in time in the season with a team that sorely needs him right now that could really do wonders in the Eastern Conference Magic man, you you got to be concerned and you got to be thinking to yourself, what's going on with this guy? But then again, this is Kyrie Irving and and unusual seems to be very usual for him. Correct, Gerald. Absolutely correct. Um, I actually really do feel for Sean Marchier. The Brooklyn Nets really wanted um, Kevin Durant. And according to all reports that we read, Kevin Durant said, you want me? You gotta have Kyrie too. Oh no, and also DeAndre. You gotta have DeAndre and too. DJ. Yeah, and, yeah. You gotta pay my friend Deion, DeAndre Jordan too. More money than he's worth at this point because we're friends. You gotta hook him up. Um, it, it's it's been a difficult road here. Um, I don't really understand what Kyrie's motivations are at this point. I mean, look, I get the whole free spirit you think you're an artist out there you're lighting up sage on the sidelines for everybody i mean phil jackson lit some sage in the locker room too but he didn't go on a two-week sabbatical to find himself in the montana mountains or to hang out with his brother and sister partying uh, i just i don't know what to make of, of Kyrie irving here gerald i mean to me this, this sort of reminds me of the beginning of the end for him, similar to what we saw with Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill was a great artist. She she was a part of the Fuji. She she came out with a great uh, debut album, and then we never really heard from her again. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of that happening with Kyrie Irving. I think he's becoming more and more disinterested in the game of basketball, and I just wanted to get your perspective and Lakers comments as well. It's just disappointing, but this is not something unusual. And there's a reason why Boston really let him go and said, you know, we're free. We're not going to try and re-sign you. We're not going to make any effort to, or we're not going to make a very big one. That's for sure. Is because Kyrie is basically in a world all to himself and not even his good friends like Kevin Durant and, and DeAndre Jordan are getting a hold of him to say, you know what? you need to go ahead and, and get your act together because we've got a championship-level team here. But, of course, they can't say that because it's just not happening right now. And if they are, they're not reaching him. And even a Hall of Fame two-time MVP guard for a coach can't even reach him. I don't know what's going on with Kyrie Irving's head. But, again, this has happened all too many times. So I don't think anybody knows but Kyrie what's going on in his head. Laker Tom? Well, it's it's – Certainly disappointing, and I mean, especially when you think of how great Kevin Durant is playing. And they got up. He's, he's playing like here. he didn't have an Achilles injury. Yeah, I mean, it's it's right. it's like it's one of the fastest, best recoveries I've ever seen from a player like that. You know, the problem the Nets have too, though, is is 
is something that's not going to be solved by Kyrie coming back. It's their defense. They're just a terrible defensive team. They're one of the they're one of the teams that I think people are going to end up being disappointed by the end of the year. All of the you know everybody waited for them all last year, thinking you know wow, well this team is this team is going to be something. And now the combination of the injury that they suffered and uh, and the Kyrie situation, um, their horrible defense is has dropped them you know down out of the sight of of being a real true contender at this point in time. So it's it's. You know, it's sometimes you get players who just don't, you know, sometimes I see these draft choices where they talk about players who don't love basketball, you know, that there's something that whether it's they think that they're stars over and above basketball or or they're they're more of a renaissance man, if you will, that they they have other interests that can, you know, that that that. It, basketball is not the one thing that just totally dominates their life. So like LeBron, you dedicate your body and you dedicate everything you do to, to improving your craft and so forth. Kyrie's kind of like one of those guys, despite the, the incredible talent and handle that he has and the ability to score and so forth. He's never been a great defender. He's never been a two-way player. doesn't have the two-way potential that, that uh, KD has. It's like an insult to the game of basketball, the way he, that and to your teammates, the way that you would just all of a sudden with no explanation say, "I'm not going to play," and uh, I'm you know, and then you find him, you find him in a video at a nightclub and at, or in a, at a birthday party having a fun and having a great time, and you know, it's like I don't know how you you'd never see that on a LeBron James team, and and that's why he left the Cavaliers, you know, because LeBron wasn't going to stand for that anymore. Sean, go ahead. Yeah, no, Gerald, I was just going to say, um, and it, it just kind of dawned on me. Do you, do you think that the, the tragic sudden death of Kobe has affected, you know, Kyrie more than we think? I mean, that was his true mentor. Kyrie, I mean, the first person... After LeBron, he hugged. After they won the championship, he faced on Kobe in the back and spoke to him before he really celebrated with his teammates. I'm kind of wondering if just this this whole pandemic has sort of affected him mentally like it has with all of us. Well, I mean, I would tell you normally that might be the case, but then again, there's so much else that's gone on in his life. He's... It's not just he's, he woke up and started making these irrational decisions yesterday. I mean, there's a whole host of stuff, whether he wants to tell you he was kidding about the flat earth or not. He did admit it to it. He right. said, you know, talked about that for a while. And, you know, he's talked about other things, his opinions on stuff. Everybody's just seemed to brush off now and then. But, you know, it might be a, a time where he might be a, an outcry for help. I mean, some people might perceive this as him saying, I need some help and assistance in in getting my life back. Intervention is what he needs. (laughs) Well, you know, we'll see if that happens. But again, as long as he's able to go ahead and get you 20 and 10 every now and then, or in his case, he gets people 25 and 10, then he's always going to be someone who's always going to get the, you know, the advantage or someone who people are just going to go ahead and give the benefit of the doubt to and just say, ah, that's just Kyrie being Kyrie. Well, you know what? At some point in time, it may be a point where, you know what, we might need to give Kyrie a helping hand. But again, that's that's not our call. 
I just feel bad right now for a team that, again, on paper, even with the injury, the season-ending injury that they have there, and to Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, they're still a very, very good team with championship aspirations. And at East right now, where anything is possible, all they need is to get back together and start, like you said, Tom, playing defense. They have DeAndre Jordan. Okay, maybe that's not what I best example, but they have Jared Allen, who's a rising young star in the league, who really can play some good defense for you and anchor that defense. But they got to go ahead and get their act together. And I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do that right now. It's going to take some time. But as long as KD's playing well, he might at least keep you above water at this point in time. But you know what? There's something, there's something unpredictable about that team right from the very beginning. And it's their veteran leadership. Because when you think of three guys that are their veteran leaders, you know, KD, Kyrie, and, and DeAndre, each one of them has had weird situations in the past. I mean, KD's got a fragile ego, and you know, uh, uh, he just burner really, phone. Get, where's that? You know, and then DeAndre phone. with his reversals, with you know, reversals of of being locked in in that room that time, and they wouldn't let him go out. Uh, you know, and then Kyrie with his flat Earth stuff and everything else. These are three guys who aren't not exactly the paradigms of mental health, if you will. Well, again, this is something that that Brooklyn has to deal with, and thank goodness the Lakers don't have to deal with this per se. About the Lakers' lack of drama during the broadcast, the the announcers were always talking about the fact that even last year and this year, even last year with Dwight and so forth, and this year with all the new players, there's no drama in the Lakers. Everybody knows their role. Everybody's willing to do their role. Nobody's complaining after each game that they didn't get enough shots or so forth, and then you compare that with the leadership of the Brooklyn Nets. They got three guys who are fragile egos and basically not mental health giants leading that team. And so good luck, Steve Nash. (laughs) Good luck. He needs it indeed. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the world champion, Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But before we head on out, guys, I want to go ahead and give you the the floor to tell everybody what you're doing at Lakerholics.com. Again, be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Sean, I know you're cold up there in the great wide north, and I see that vest on you. I hear that that vest scratching against you every single time because your mic is just all over it, and that's not your fault. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's the way that you're scratching more like you're on a DJ on the dance floor there. But I want you to go ahead and tell me about what you're up to right now at LakerHolics.com. It's not the first time somebody did that. It's funny when you have a big beard. 
and and you do it and you just like and you can do it on any microphone so it's no worries so go ahead my friend thanks my friend uh and by the way i couldn't grow a beard that big so i'm je i'm jealous of you right now oh uh, well i'm, I'm clean you. man i'm clean my beard's gone so in, in about a week's time we're gonna get a, a possible nba finals preview gerald the bucks and the lakers on tnt um that looks to be the biggest matchup of the year right now. Both teams look to be coming in pretty hot. We think. We think. I'm looking forward to the matchup personally. I think the the new additions we've had are, are starting to gel. And like Tom said, everybody's kind of falling into their role and being comfortable with their their responsibilities as well. And it looks like the Bucks are trending in that direction as well. So it looks like we're going to see two teams on the on the precipice of trying to get to that finals. That's great. Uh, I know Houston. The announcers that were you know just talking about the game today at length were gushing over the Lakers and uh, their new additions to the team and and saying how great they were. So uh, you know that was nice. Bad for them that they ended up talking about the Lakers for the entire game, but it's great for us. But. Laker Tom, I know you, now that your business deal is closed, that you're done doing the big deal. So what you got cooking on the hot plate there at Lakerholics.com? I, th I think the thing that's most impressed me uh, about the Lakers is, and I and I think one of the most interesting subjects that, that we have to talk about as Laker fans is the defense and the changes that the Lakers have made in the defense. You get rid of two defend two elite rim protectors like uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, and and you change the entire defensive strategy around, and you're trying to get the guys to learn this strategy, and and we're slowly starting to see results. Um, and there's some interesting stats that are starting to come up that the Lakers rim protection, for example, shots at the rim or within five feet in the restricted area or within five feet. We're actually doing better than we did last year, and we're actually ahead now than last year in blocks. We blocked 12 shots tonight. We blocked 10 shots the other night, last night. So it's... it's Can we play Houston every game? It would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I think the thing is, is that sometimes you play teams and you can say flat out that the reason you held them down was because they really weren't that good of a team and they didn't have the players who could really produce. I did not get that feeling at all from the last two games. I got the feeling that the Lakers would have shut anybody down the way that they were playing, um, how alert people were, how every rotation was very crisp tonight. I mean, even when they doubled and even when they trapped and hedged on, on pick and rolls, boy, those rotations were coming fast and shots were challenged. So it's it's been a situation where I think you – I'm really impressed by how the defense is maturing and that consistency that we're all looking for and that focus – that you want to see every night. I think this team is finally understanding and getting back to the idea that we're going to do that with defense because that's what's going to drive consistency. That's what's going to drive that focus all the time. Um, the, the Houston announcers are saying that Frank Vogel has this sort of saying that we play harder every night. And that's, that's the goal of the team. Play harder every time. You know, and if we continue to to use that as a motto when we go into every game and we focus on it being a defense first and we're going to be the best defensive team in the league, um, I'm very interested. I'm going to 
I'm planning to take a look at the stats for the team defense stats uh, and the NBA.com to see how we were. We were third, uh, we were second offensively and third defensively and, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, we were fourth offensively, third defensively and second in net ratings before this game. And this should dramatically improve us in all three of those areas. Plus so, also uh, scoring differential. The past yeah. two games in scoring differential should take us at or near 10 points a game, which is right. what Milwaukee is averaging right now. So that's always a good thing just to go ahead and not only show that you can beat your opponents, but beat them by large margins. So, right. uh, we'll see how- know, we're, we were the only team in the top four last time. And this time I'm hoping that we can move up and say we're the only team that's ranked in the top three in all three categories. I just like at the end of the day, that banner to go up one more time and one more time. Yeah, well, one you more have to time. remember that it's early in the season. So yes. one yes. game, a game like tonight's game, you can actually see the results in the standings and, and the rankings and the averages and all that stuff, because you got a small sample size. Yes. Once you get to 60, 70 games and you have a great game, it hardly even, even moves you up and down the rankings. So well, these games well, are important uh, from that standpoint and, and uh, you can't be any happier uh, as Laker fans than, than to see the team come out and play at both ends the way they did tonight uh, with almost everybody on the team other than Talon having a terrific night. Well, like you said, it's just a matter of right now showcasing what you have. It's a message to the rest of the league when you play back-to-back against Houston and wherever James Harden's head is at, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but still, I mean, right now, when you... He's, beat, he's looking for a trade. Yeah, when he's looking for a trade. You're right. And but when you beat teams in the NBA back to back like this, it, it it sends a message out to the rest of the league what you're capable of. And the Lakers right now, people were high on the Clippers, then they were high on the Phoenix Suns, and then they were high on the the Bucks. And then of course to start off with, the the Brooklyn Nets were really hot at two and you know, in the first couple of games they were better than anybody. Right now, you got to say, without a doubt, the best team in the NBA is the Los Angeles Lakers. Not only do they have the best record, but right now they are playing better than anybody in the NBA. I certainly hope I will say that tomorrow night and that they don't take the <laughs> night off because, you know, tomorrow is one of those trap games, which you always talk yep. about, Laker Tom. It's setting itself up. I feel like Get when you chocolate milk ready, Gerald. I feel like when they go to Oklahoma City, get that it's like full a, glass of chocolate milk ready for tomorrow night. Oh, I hope I hope so. I hope so. But it'll be a full glass, so I hope so. But I'm hoping that they'll be able to drink it because it won't it won't be like a Venus flytrap and snatch the <laughs> Lakers right up there because they're not focused or whatnot. But again, we'll check out. The lady is going to be out of the game. He's got a bad. He sprained his toe tonight. Who? Anthony Davis will be Anthony out of the game. Davis. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, what he's Green got. Toe. I mean, last week is what it wasn't hangnail, but they just want to keep him out. You know, the hip, the abductor flexor, and all that. And I think, in a way, it's almost Frank Vogel's nine-man rotation. Who's got the most injuries? You're out. You're out. Yeah, well, you know, with AD, he's a very—he's not—he's—he's fragile. He's very fragile. But he—he he went down on the floor hard a couple of times tonight, and I think that's where one of the situations where he—he he sprained his toe. Yeah, but that's um, why. So, but, well, but that's why he signed the contract. Because he yeah. knows his own body better than anyone, yep. and realize, and, it, and it's why our it's why our eleven man rotation is extremely valuable. Because we didn't have West tonight; he was out again, you know, in the same situation. And it gives you an opportunity to give guys a rest. And, and when they get little dings, take hey, take the night off. You know, it it just means more playing time and rhythm for the rest of your teammates. 
Seems, it just seems like Frank Vogel and the and the strength and conditioning team have that just mentality of next man up. Like, yep. Well, it helps when your next, next man up is pretty good. Role. <laughs> well, let's hope the next and man up. Well, let, well, let's hope the next man up does play well tomorrow night in Oklahoma City. We will be back tomorrow night after the game to talk about it. Once again, it's Lakerholics.com. It is the place to go for all your Lakers news information, Lakers analysis, and Lakers opinions, plus also replays of the Lakers fast break and so much more. It is Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation there or Lakerholics on Facebook. Please join it today and be part of that growing fan base at Lakerholics on Facebook and also as well Lakerholics.com. Well, again, we'll be here tomorrow night when the Lakers head out to Oklahoma City and play up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. But for tonight, it was an easy victory, 117 to 100. Once the Lakers started to go away in the first quarter, that was all she wrote, and that's the way I like it. No close games for me. (laughs) But again, we will see you tomorrow night when the Lakers do play. Oklahoma City will go ahead and be back for the post game right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>